Welcome to the fourth episode of VSTML 2020 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who has a terrible habit of putting the biggest ass with the highest stick, Logan Saunders. Good morning. Good morning, evening, whatever it is. Because I'm going to just go straight in. Where in the world is Logan Saunders? Well, for the past three days, I was in India. And I had a hell of a time getting back to my girlfriend's apartment in the Philippines. Because for those of you who are not aware, there's this little thing called the coronavirus going around. And I decided to travel to Southeast Asia for my girlfriend's uh, uh, workplace convention because she's getting in a, she got an award in India. They held a convention in India for her work. So uh, we connected through Hong Kong on the way to India from the Philippines. She got her award. And then the day that we were going to fly out, we get a notification saying, hey, anybody who is not Filipino that is entering uh, the Philippines won't be allowed in if they have connected through China or any of its uh, territories. So what that meant was because we took a connection to Hong Kong there and to Hong Kong back, that if I stayed to my ticket of connecting through Hong Kong on the way back, I would not be allowed to land in the Philippines. Instead, uh, there's a backup plan already in place that um, my girlfriend's employer were going to book a ticket for me to return to Canada about one week earlier than planned, which after the two days or so of straight travel to get to India and about a day back to get to Canada, to do all that in the span of a week would have just been, well, ridiculous. So long story short, they rerouted me through Bangkok, and then immigration asked me repeatedly if I had been through Hong Kong or China. I said, well, I mean, truthfully, it's, it's no, I haven't been there. It's just connecting for that hour and a half through Hong Kong on the way to India. Luckily, even if they did know about that, I guess it wasn't going to be grounds for me to be banned. It's only if I had taken the connection on the way back into the Philippines. And then the other group that we traveled with, uh, they were still going to stay on the Hong Kong flight. But as soon as they cleared through immigration India, they were told, hey, you can't go through Hong Kong anymore. Otherwise, you have to go under self-quarantine for two weeks and you none of you can go to work. So then they had to be rerouted through Bangkok as well. And I think they would have just gotten back home now to more than 24 hours after we had gotten back here into the Philippines. So coronavirus, screw you. And meanwhile, I'm at home going, oh shit, are we ever actually going to record this podcast? I know. I was supposed to be back. What What was it, Michael? Like a day earlier, pretty much? Or like 12 hours earlier, I was supposed to be back. But you can't. It's just a tricky situation in Asia right now. No one expected it to escalate this much with bannings and figuring out how to get around it so I, you know, can hang out with my girlfriend for another week. Yeah, without sort of going, oh, two first world problems, we usually record this kind of Monday morning, Monday afternoon for me. It's currently Tuesday evening. This gets released in less than 24 hours and we've got a podcast to record. And I have been stressing about it the past two days, I'll be honest. Especially yeah. as you've not always had Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's the tough part too. I mean, I'm trying to get, luckily, luckily in this apartment, um, even with, uh, right before recording, I explained the whole situation with the apartment flooding and bailing out water. But uh, luckily last year, um, Jeanne knows that I do online teaching. In fact, I did online teaching while she was working tonight. 
So last or six months ago, she purchased a really strong Wi-Fi. So her and the other two people in the other apartments uh, share the really strong Wi-Fi connection. So I can do my teaching and also to record this podcast. Yay! So that's one thing that's worked on my way the past two days. The only thing. Well, actually, you've not lost anyone from your team this week, which is nice. Yes, none of us lost anybody. That would have really made this week shit. Like, coronavirus is one thing, but losing somebody from my mole team? Man, Duterte would have heard about this. There's still time next week. <laughs> so previously, Buddy solved a hovercraft logic puzzle, but everyone else screwed it up. Rob and Milushka formed a slutty bond. Rick offered the value of the box instead of the value of the challenge. But it was Logan's first team member of Yika who went home. And something I do have to point out, after the credits, there is always the family photo of everyone who's left, and Johan and Rob both moved in between the two photos been taken. Oh! And the reason that I point this out is because that has very much been a clue before. If they're going for the nostalgia idea, there have been hints in the family photos before. I wish they would just randomly insert people from previous seasons or random celebrities into the photos just to see if anyone in the in the audience notices, like randomly insert, say, the Cookie Monster from Sesame Street, insert a picture of a young Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let's be honest, if they I were think... going to add anyone in, it would probably be Ron again. <laughs> or replace Rick with Jill Stacosta? I don't know. There's worse ideas. Weirdly, we we are recording this on the 4th of February. I'm expecting some Belgian mole news any day now, basically. There was rumours that we were going to get a start date announced today, but I don't think it's come through yet because I've not heard anything. Which is good, because we need it to not start before Vidim ends. <laughs> and we need to know when the end date is. Yes, we do. And the episode title this week is Mislead. But he introduces the episode again and says he's really enjoying himself, which arguably is something that Logan says most episodes. You know what's interesting about the episode title, Mislead, is that that's actually the names of one of the parents of one of my students in China, because this episode was filmed in China, and they have it called Mislead, and that's one of the names of one of the parents is, mis- is Mislead. And Johan says that he thinks Rob and Clay are worried that they will be the next to go. Everyone's worried they're going to be the next to go. No one says, man, I've got this shit made and bit them. Well, apart from the mole. Apart from the mole, who never goes home. <laughs> and the first challenge of the episode takes place in an old factory. All they have to do is, in pairs, go through a maze in the old factory and not break any vases whilst carrying objects. Every vase that they break costs them 75 euros, and if they bring everything through without breaking anything, they can earn up to 2,850 euros. And even though they do quite well in this challenge, it's a mess. And it is a mess entirely because of Johan. He just knocks over a random face and he wasn't even doing anything. It was after he already done his part in the challenge. This entire episode is basically just, Johan is a fucking idiot. (laughs) That would have been a better title than Mislead. Because we do have him accidentally breaking a vase even though he's not in that challenge at that point. We have him just being a complete knob when he's doing the um, the directing around the um, around the parking lot. Everyone is just despairing of his entire existence in this episode, and it's quite delightful. 
it's like you have to put him in the position where he'll make the least amount of negative impact. Unlike entirely what Nathan did. So Clace and Johan are up first, and they have to start at opposite ends of the maze, and each have bundles of sticks worth 350 euros. And Johan spends most of his time looking in every vase for Yokozar exemptions. That would be my thought, too. I'm surprised none of them were inside. Maybe there was. And maybe it was kind of inspired by the fly, pig, fly, or whatever challenge it was in uh, Mole US 5. I was thinking Mole 2 with the romancing the gnome. Well, yeah, it's the same idea, isn't it? Like, there has to be... It doesn't have to be in all the bases or bosses, but just in strategically placed ones. Like, ones that really stick out. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a yoker or an exemption in one of them. It's just that it obviously wasn't found, and therefore was completely irrelevant to the challenge. Yeah, if it's not found, you don't want to waste that precious airtime. And Johan drops a vase during the changeover, but the good news is, it was an ugly vase anyway, so it's no major loss. It's just a, instead of a 75-year-old pretty vase, it's a 75-year-old ugly vase. And then it is Leonie and Nathan... And they both take the 250 euro bundle of sticks and both get through unscathed. There's not a lot to report on them. Well, yeah, they chose, they chose a really easy one. Like, come on, guys, challenge yourself. Believe in yourself. Focus, believe, achieve. Yes. And then there is Rob and Milushka, who are delightful. <laughs> so they go for the 450 euro bundles, which are the largest ones. And within two minutes of doing anything, Rob knocks things off repeatedly, and says that his hat and dungarees are not very helpful. Yeah, he earns less than the 250, right? Uh, he knocks three things over, yeah, so he earns 225. Yeah, he earns 225. I was surprised, was was it part of his contract that he has to do challenges with his hat on at all times? Because I would be removing that hat the second I stepped into the room. Well, yeah, you would 100% remove the hat because it is just a burden. I mean, it's a burden at the best of times, never mind when you're trying to actually crawl through a maze with a bundle of sticks trying not to knock ugly vases off the shelves. That'd be like if you went in there wearing like high heels, uh, maybe a Mexican sombrero, um, those huge-ass uh, bracelets that are more like hoops, uh, Maybe you wear, like, your in- infant child on your back as well, and a, as well as a backpack, and then you're one of those African people that balances a, a bundle of sticks on your head. Like, these are all things you have to think about before you step into the room. Yeah, have a bit of foresight, Rob. <laughs> yeah, like, like well, is he just that, is he secretly bald underneath that hat? And he's really embarrassed about this really ugly bald patch? And Milushka has the quote of the episode when she says, yeah, let's put the biggest ass with the highest stick. Which, yet again, means four weeks on the trot, you've got a Milushka quote as your intro. Hey, at least it's not about cheesecake, it's about a different type of cake. It's the the berserk button of Logan is, uh, is cheesecakes. <laughs> and in the end, Rob dropped three and Milushka dropped none. And then Buddy is at last on his own with a €750 Euro bundle of sticks. Everyone else got to watch, and he is the smallest, youngest, and most flexible, and has dance experience. And then we get everyone else just being backseat drivers, doing sharp intakes of breath anytime he gets near a vase, which... 
For the record, when I'm driving and that happens, I actually have to tell my family off for doing sharp insects of wrath because I'm like, just shut up and let me drive. You are making me way more nervous by going. <gasps> Be funny if it's like right that happens right when he picks up the stick at the start of the challenge. Like, <gasps> it's like, damn guys, I haven't even started yet. I've just grabbed the stick. The, the first, the first vase or vase is two feet away. Relax. And Johan somehow drops a vase whilst just watching, buddy. <laughs> Maybe he fainted. Did he, like, faint from the nervousness and then he just tripped on a vase while he collapsed to the ground? <sighs> so close, buddy. And that then puts Buddy off and makes him hit a shelf and break a couple of vases. <laughs> and by the time that he gets to the end, he looks absolutely shattered. Yeah, now he's tr- now he probably lost another... 10 pounds or so, and is truly the smallest in the group. He's absolutely sweating buckets by the time that he gets to the end. And how tall is Johan at the start of the episode when they were racing little Chinese children? Um, They referred to him as the tallest Dutch man in the world. I don't think Johan's that tall. Not that I'm aware of. It's like they bring out a famous Chinese basketball player like Yao Ming for one of the challenges, and then he has to look up to Johan. You should be our center. So they knocked over seven vases in total, earning 2,325 euros for the pot. But because Rick doesn't have a five euro note, it is rounded up to 2,330. Which pretty much doubles the pot. Yeah, that was a challenge that they could have made a lot tougher if they wanted to. I think they wanted money in the pot for the contestants. Well, I think so too, because, I mean, I was having this conversation over the past couple of days, but going a little bit ahead on this um on this episode they end this episode with the highest four episode pots since 2011 it's and like 90 percent of it was just earned today yeah and just short of half of the pot was earned in this episode alone so it's a big earning episode but also i think after the past couple of years where the pots have been quite low i mean georgia got up to just short of 15k i think by the end of it Oregon should have been a lot lower than it was, but then there was a twist at the end. We haven't really had that high a pot in a long time, and I think they're not necessarily going for a record-breaking pot, but they're going to try and actually make it a decent amount of money this year, because last year was pretty terrible. They only got just over €10,000, and they only hit €10,000 in the very last challenge. That's usually the price of one month's rent in Amsterdam. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I have a feeling that they're deliberately trying to make the the value of the pot a bit higher this year. Because in terms of percentage, they're actually not doing much better than in previous years. It's just that there's a lot more money on offer. Yeah, just challenges have a lot higher stakes. And Johan doesn't think that anyone saw his bumbling nature as a mole action, even Rob, who sees everything as suspicious. And Rob says that he's a real Pisces, constantly looking for information and sharing it with people who he doesn't suspect, which is Nathan and Clace. And he told them that he still has a black exemption. And the fact that that is mentioned means it's probably going to come into uh, play very soon. Dare I say next episode? I really wouldn't be surprised. Clace is a bit cocky about knowing the information and wants lots of yokers and exemptions to be handed out, then nullified while he keeps his. And they are driven up into the mountains for the second assignment, and they are presented with a car park with ten badly parked cars. And they have to take a particular route to be parked correctly, and starting with five euros for the first car, 
Each car that they park correctly will be worth double the previous value, up to a maximum of €2,560. And two of the group will be parking guides, four will go looking for the cars, and one will drive the shuttle car and move everyone around, and they've got 45 minutes to move the cars. And bringing back another old mole trope, Nathan as treasurer gets to decide who does what. You know, for uh, like last year, there's a lot of criticism that the Columbia season didn't really get in touch with the local Colombian culture. There's that one clothing challenge, and that was it. The other challenges could have been held anywhere else in the world, and a lot of people were upset about that, but they didn't really go with the themes of the local culture. Here in the China season, we have things like the porcelain challenge, the selfie challenge, um, the entry into with the drumming and the big wall of Chinese characters, the fireworks, the dams, the Yellow River. And here in this challenge, they play on a- on the Chinese and Asian culture with poorly parked cars. <laughs> and this slightly reminds me of the driving school challenge from Japan as well, which is great fun. And I'm, I don't know if it's that much better of an idea to have Dutch people try to do a better job of driving than the Chinese, but... Have you ever seen Dutch driving? There's a reason they use bicycles instead. They love to speed in Holland. Speed skating? Speed driving? As my parents say, if you ever see a Dutch car on a European road, you avoid them. Because they will drive recklessly. And Rob says that he doesn't drive real cars, so him and Johan are the traffic guides, and Velushka is appointed the shuttle driver which is exactly what she wanted, having complete oversight of the challenge, not working too hard, and keeping an eye on everyone. And Rob and Johan each have five envelopes with the number plates of the cars that need to be reparked on them. And Johan is almost definitely hungover and very grumpy about having to listen to people talk in a walkie-talkie. Because Johan is a star in this challenge for all the wrong reasons. He maybe gives the worst one-challenge performance I have ever seen on Dutch Mall. He is completely useless in this challenge. <laughs> to the point where Leone, his closest ally, basically gives him the finger. To the point where Clace pulls up four feet away from him and just glares at him <laughs> and keeps speaking through the walkie-talkie. <laughs> and meanwhile, Rob's just on the other end, just dancing. Because he doesn't have to care about what Johan's doing. Rob should have done breakdancing with his hat. Well, at one point he was channeling his inner Filipino traffic cop. He was just doing his Michael Jackson moves, wasn't he? <laughs> well, if he was the mole, that's what I would be doing Michael Jackson dance moves too, because all no one's gonna be paying attention to me if I'm sharing a role with Johan. And yeah, Clay is completely and utterly ignored by Robin Johan. Buddy, when he gets into a car, has no idea how to work it. And another one of my favourite things is the fact that we saw Clay get into two cars, and in both instances of him getting in a car, he complimented the interior. Before even worrying about anything else, he's like, oh, nice purple seats. Both types. Keep your eyes on the road. This is why production has to make challenges easier for you guys. These are the contestants they pick year after year. Ooh, purple interior. <laughs> There's ten seconds left on the clock and he misses because he's thinking about the fucking interior of the car. <laughs> like, like, even though this is a very good episode for them, and I'll be honest, €3,650 by the end of the episode is one of the best totals we've seen in a long while for an episode, but 
just everyone else is a a moron. <laughs> be funny at the end. It's like, well, you guys earn three hundred twenty euros for this challenge. Oh, you have a question, Clays? Yeah, uh, can we use that to buy the purple interior of the car and put it into my car back in Amsterdam? Okay. Seriously, though, it wasn't even a nice interior. <laughs> it's just that it's the first bit of colour that he's seen in a week. So yeah, in the best moment of the entire episode, Clay drives up to Johan, four feet away, asks what his instructions are on the walkie-talkie, and Johan completely forgets that he even has Clay's card. As Clay is about to turn around and go harass Rob, Johan looks at his card and goes, Oh yeah, I actually do have it. Well, whoopsie. Oopsie doodles. Did I do that? And Rob also calls out the mole for holding the button down while he's trying to give some instructions. That's just a classic moling tactic. Well, yeah, I mentioned it what, last week, the week before, was it? That this is a classic mole tactic of holding the button down while people are trying to talk on a, on a walkie-talkie and pissing off Yika, let's be honest. <laughs> and then Johan gets the bird from Leone for messing around and being a complete donut. And then, in a potential instance of mauling, someone hung a key back on the sign that was already parked and wasted valuable time, meaning that they parked nine of the ten cars, but only seven of them were parked correctly and moved correctly, so they earned 320 euros of a possible 2,560 for the pot. And I'm going to be honest, I think they did quite well there. It could have been so much worse. Yeah, they were never going to get up into four figures on that challenge, I don't think, because if the mole is one of the traffic guides, all they have to do is just give one of the instructions wrong and you lose that car immediately. If the mole was one of the drivers, all you have to do is ignore the instructions because the mole will know all the instructions and just go down one wrong street. Or install purple interior to distract one of your fellow drivers. Well, yeah, that as well. So the fact that they managed to actually park seven of the ten cars correctly is quite a good sign for them, I would say. I did, however, see a theory online that if you put the the routes together correctly, they would potentially spell out a clue to who the mole was. But I don't think we saw all the routes, so we can't wear that out, sadly. Hmm. I see. And I'm deliberately actually not touching on what the routes were, because they are hella spoilerific for every other season. <laughs> I had to stop reading what they were saying. (laughs) Yeah, they they showed pretty much every mole ever. The locations, I mean, you know the locations, so that's fine. I knew the locations, yeah. But it's like, well, I got spoiled on two or three moles. Yeah, I did warn you last week to kind of not pay attention to the signs. But yeah, we had pretty much every mole ever was revealed in that challenge, which is fun. (laughs) All you have to do is just focus it out of your mind and completely forget about it and then just watch the episodes. You are now caught up in all 19 seasons of V is the Mall. I am quite surprised that Marika didn't issue a spoiler warning on that, but I don't actually know how you would do that with cutting out the street names. Because in previous seasons, there's one that comes to mind, which is the South Africa season had a, a challenge where previous malls were referenced. And when it was before Marika doing the subtitling, it was That Dark Spark on YouTube, they actually released a version of that episode without the spoilerific bit in it. But I don't know how you can do this challenge without having the the spoiler labels. Marika could have just put an extra few hours and just replaced the names with, like, Jean-Luc Avenue. Yeah, Marika. <laughs> I'm joking, for the record. Please don't come for me, Marika. I'm scared of you. <laughs> Your death will be subtitled. Yeah. 
you're just gonna go to your window and see uh, your window painted as a red screen. No. So, after the challenge, Buddy gets called out for hanging the key back up, and Rob eats a chicken head. (laughs) Oh, chicken head means something much, much different where I come from. I'm sure it does. Chicken head means a very, very promiscuous woman. (laughs) Rob eats a chicken head. Oh, what is happening with this China season? Poorly parked cars, and now you have Westerners exploiting the local Chinese women? Oh, Rob. Not just Westerners. Westerners who wear dungarees. What are dungarees? Dungarees are what Rob was wearing, the denim horrible things. Those have a name? Yeah. Is it because that fashion style is shit? Is that why it's called dungarees? What's his hat called, then? Uh, shit. Yeah, I was about to say, is this hat called the the manure cover? Uh, so, Malishka says that Rob is collecting the most information, and Buddy tries to get the information out of him for his bond with Malushka. The bond. The slutty bond. The slutty bond is Rob and Malushka. The normal bond is just Buddy and Malushka. Who knew the guy who eats a chicken head would be involved in a slutty bond? <laughs> So the candidates return to Fuxi Mountain for the final challenge of the episode, as well as the test and execution, and it is a surprise early test and execution. So it's time for the test. 20 questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows least goes home, except for the mole who can never go home. And as Clay sits down for the test, he sees a path with boxes. And if you know anything about any mole season ever, basically, you'll know exactly what the next challenge is going to be, because it is the classic path of temptation challenge. They never do this in the American version. No, I don't know why. Because it is... Well, it's a classic one that started in in the Dutch version, and then, obviously, Australia used it. Um, I don't think Belgium's ever done it, has it? No, I'm trying to think. No, they've never done it. No. Just a very big Dutch staple. Yeah, it's a, it's a very simple psychological challenge. So, essentially, the Path of Temptation, if you've never seen it before, apart from in this episode, is that everyone individually walks up a path of boxes. Usually it's in a scenic location, sometimes it's in a library. And in each box there will be some sort of advantage, there could be money, there could be exemptions, there could be an exemption for a particular test, there could be yokers, anything like that. It could even be, as it was in the Australian one, uh, freebies for a friend, and all that sort of stuff. As you walk, you can only take stuff from one box, and you cannot go back. So... It's gambling with whether you want to hold on for a later box and potentially get something better, or whether you want to cash in and get something guaranteed. And I don't know why the Americans never did it. Maybe it's too complicated? Potentially, but it's a classic challenge. It's a classic mole challenge now. They do it in pretty much every Dutch season now. I wonder if it's because it's too mysterious with the way it gets edited. Meanwhile, with the American version, it's very clear-cut. You do a challenge... There might be a little twist in it, and you either pass or fail, exemption play, boom, boom, boom. That's the that's your episode each week. I think if there was ever a, um, a UK revival, which there have been rumours of along with Survivor, um, that they probably would give Path of Temptation a go. Because if it works, it really works. True. So, suspicions-wise, uh, Clace 
sits down for the test and sees the path of boxes, and he still suspects Buddy, Leone, and Milushka. Rob suspects Buddy, Johan, and Leone. Nathan suspects Milushka, Johan, Leone, and Buddy. Johan is still spreading over Milushka, Buddy, but mainly Leone. Buddy suspects Leone and Johan. Leone suspects Buddy, Milushka, and Johan. And Milushka suspects Nathan. And when Rick joins them for the execution, he asks who will join Anita, Tina, and Yaika, and then says that they can ensure nobody goes home, but what is it worth? And they each have to walk the path of temptation. In at least one of the boxes is a group exemption. If the majority picks a group exemption, they will all avoid seeing their screens. However, there are also yokers and money for the pot available. If the majority pick something that isn't the group exemption, someone will go home and everyone sees their screens. And if anyone picks yokers, they cannot be used on the test they've just sat. This challenge pretty much goes perfectly for this cast. Yeah, and it pretty much, I would say, goes perfectly for the mole. Because if you are the mole, you 100% want the group exemption. There is nothing else you want. Yeah, because that means more players are still left in the game for you to hide behind. Yeah, it's not just that. It's the fact that there's a guaranteed not 500 euros going in the pot, because everyone gets the option of 500 euros. You don't need the yokers, so the other option is just the group exemption. And you still have more people to hide behind, and you can also guarantee that no more money is going to go in that pot. And Milushka says she decided to pick the last box regardless... Nathan was always picking for the team first, and goes for the group exemption. Leone wants to be in the final, and plays for herself. Johan goes for a yoker. Leone goes for 500 euros. And there's a group. Two people chose 500 euros, so they get 1,000 euros for the pot. One person, which was Johan, went for a yoker. And four people went for the group exemption, meaning they're all through to the next episode, with another 1,000 euros, bringing them to 1,000 euros of a possible 3.5 for the challenge. 3,650 out of 8,910 for the episode. That's a really good rate. It really is. And 7,320 of a possible 26,710 for the season so far. Very successful episode for the group. Yeah, very successful episode. I'm pretty sure that even if the mole wasn't told to pick the group exemption, they would have done anyway, but the mole will have been told to pick the group exemption. This was an obvious way for them to use their non-elimination up. Yeah. Which does mean that we know, assuming there's no more non-eliminations, exactly how many people are going to be in each episode. It means that we have three weeks of our switches left in the pool, potentially. And it also means that hopefully there won't be a final four quiz in the finale. I wonder what they would have done if there was a non-elimination in the first episode. Because these challenges are planned way in advance. I'm sure they have the contingencies all lined up prior to the start of the season. I wonder if they would have done the Path of Temptation first and then the quiz. Or done the Path of Temptation and said you do the quiz afterwards. Or just do a double elimination at some point. Yeah, no one likes the double eliminations though, especially after what happened last year. (laughs) This season seems to be all about righting the wrongs of last year, and last year everyone hated the fact it was a double elimination anyway, and everyone hated the fact that it was Jamie and Rick Paul who went. Two of the biggest characters. That was when it went from six down to four, right? Yeah. Because after Nicky went, Rick Paul was basically the biggest star of the season in terms of popularity, and everyone hated that he went as part of a double elimination. And Jamie went. Yeah, and Jamie, <laughs> and Jamie went as well. <laughs> Even though he was basically the biggest name in the cast coming into it. Pretty much everyone was like, yeah, Jamie went, I suppose. I don't know, Neil's sold a few more CDs. So next time, the Mole Museum opens. They peddle around the market looking for the 
I am Amsterdam sign, or their equivalent of, and there is a fan dance that could reveal who the mole is. So in our pool, nobody has switched again, and nobody went home, which means there's absolutely no change. means that my team is still Buddy, Leone, and Rob. Logan's team is still Clace and Johan, and Michelle's is Nathan and Milushka. And we've all still got switches left as well. So the next few weeks could be very fun. Indeed. So my top three suspects right now are Malushka, Rob. I guess the the slutty bond is just is suspicious to you. Suspect, yes. I don't trust the bond, the slutty bond. And I'll go with Nathan as my number three. So my top three haven't changed for weeks, I'll be honest. It's still Milushka, Leone, and Buddy. For exactly the same reasons it always is. Maybe not Buddy as much, but Leone and Milushka are both very suspicious when they want to be. Yeah. And Nathan and Buddy are trying way too hard to pretend like they play for the team. And now Johan has this like reverse psychology effect within the cast where now people are doubting that he's trying to be so stupid that they think, oh, he can't really be genuinely this dumb, then he must be the mole. Yeah, I think in the next few weeks we're going to find out that Johan isn't the mole, he's just incredibly thick. I think he is just a fucking idiot. <laughs> I don't think there's any any moly tendencies to him. I think he just genuinely is a complete and utter dope. He's like a secret genius. It's the short con versus the long con, and now here we are in episode four, and a bunch of people are suddenly suspecting him. I'm sure he's a lovely guy, and I'm sure he's just one of those very intellectual people who has not much social grace, but this was a bad episode for him, just generally. (laughs) He did not come out of this episode looking anything other than a complete and utter klutz. And who do you think's going home next week? Hmm, I think we're gonna say we're gonna say goodbye to Clace because he did not make much of an impact this episode. I would lean towards Clace as well. I've been predicting it for a couple of weeks now, but I think that Clace is probably on borrowed time because the only lasting memory he really gave us this week was all purple. Yeah, if your lasting memory is talking about a color, you might not be making a deep run in the season. Yeah, and sadly, Ooh Purple isn't enough of a character trait to make us suspect you. Especially in Survivor, if you're described as being purple, that means you're invisible. And the fact that he actually says purple as his only memorable moment is a bit much. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with that market challenge, because obviously in the intro is the... um, In fact, all three challenges next week are in the intro, thinking about it, because the market challenge definitely is with the the gigantic uh, I Am Amsterdam... Um, style Vistamol sign, but I think that's also where the the food truck thing is that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Um, the mole museum definitely is in the intro because we see all the monitors and the laser circles, and um, I think the fan dance is also in the intro briefly, which suggests that next week's going to be an important episode. Usually around the midpoint of the season, there is a really important episode, so I'm hoping it's going to be next week, because next week looks like it could be quite fun. Yeah. So have you got anything else to say? No, I think we covered everything for this episode. Nice and rapid fire this week, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Right, so thank you for listening to our VSTA Mole Recap. We'll be back this time next week for another Mole Hunt. Don't forget, you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are RTV Warriors, or you can email us at contact at rtvwarriors.com. Logan is on Twitter at logsuperquacky, and I am MJ Harmstone. See you next week. Peace out and just chill till the next of flavoring.